Hi, everyone. So welcome to our first episode of Peace of Mind. Today, we have our interview speaker, Daniel Kim, who is actually a part of our team. Today, we're going to be discussing the topics of contraction of COVID-19 and the mental and actual neurological effects of that contraction. So Daniel, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Kim, and I'm from a city in South Korea called Ulsan. Uh, I was born in the United States, and um, I go to a school called the Sony Brook School in Long Island, New York, which was also where I got COVID, and I'm so excited to share my story with you guys today. Um, I am Andrea Kim, and... I am Iman Humphrey. Um, and we're both going to be interviewing Daniel today. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, Daniel, could you start off by telling us a bit about your COVID experience? So, like, how was it in general? Did you struggle with anything in particular? Or was it just um, quite a normal COVID experience? Yeah, I have a lot to say about this, actually. Um, so to kind of start off, if you guys remember anything about like way back in February and March in 2020, COVID-19 was like this really scary thing that was supposed to kill you from my memory. Like I remember, um, I recall watching footages, um, in Wuhan, which is the city that like where COVID-19 started of people just dropping to the floor and dying. So that was like, so I was pretty, I was petrified when I watched those videos and I don't know what to do. But at the same time, like though I was very scared, I strangely had this feeling that I was very sure I wasn't going to get it. Um, and yeah, my story is pretty dramatic and there's a lot of building up. After I watched that video, uh, apparently in New York, where I live, uh, COVID-19 soon like spread really quickly in New York. Uh, but the problem was not a lot of people knew that it was spreading around. Um, and around like mid-March, our school basically closed down and we had this new thing called virtual learning. Uh, there were still people in the dorm because like a lot of people didn't have like anywhere to go. And I was pretty much one of them. But like 10 days later, my parents were like very worried about me staying in a different place during a global pandemic. And so they booked uh, me a, a flight to South Korea. Um, so 10 days later, I, um, it was March 23rd. I distinctly like remember the date. Um, I flew back to Korea. I met my parents and we tried to kind of restrain ourselves from contacting each other because we knew any of us could be having the virus right now. Um, but we slept at the same hotel because like my flight was pretty late and um, Ulsan, where I live in, is like five hours by car from Incheon, where like I landed. Uh, and on the morning of um, the next day, so March 24th, we received an email that somebody in our school uh, got COVID. And that was like when anxiety for some reason reached its peak. This was like, like it, I actually, um, this was like reality. Like I actually noticed that I could be having COVID-19 right now because the person who tested positive um I knew straight away was somebody I played soccer with like um you know about like five days ago so like I was pretty distressed in a sense but um yeah. um this was the year of 2020 right yeah 
Okay. So, so that's why it's like a lot of people were scared, a lot of anxiety. If it was like just a year later, then it wouldn't have been as much of a fuss. But yeah, it was 2020 March. And um, for some reason, like from my experience, Koreans have, Koreans are like pretty, pretty cautious and pretty scared of these kind of things. So yeah, basically we were pretty scared. Um, and but like around March 25th, the next day, two of my friends who were like really, really close with me and we had dinner like um, the day before my departure from the United States. And we also came by the same like plane. They both tested negative. So I was very relieved. And like we were like, yay, I don't have COVID. Yay, <laughs> like I'm good. Uh, but then like soon after, um, another of my friends tested positive. So I was like, okay, I should take the test now. It, <laughs> we had to pay like $200 because there was no like testing support. Um, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but uh, we took it anyways just to be safe. Um, and they did an x-ray scan of my lung, um, which turned out that like there was nothing wrong with my lung. And that was a little bit of a relief. But at the same time, that didn't really mean that I didn't have COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day when my... So yeah. That they did a lung x-ray just for COVID? Yeah, they did an x-ray for some reason. Like I guess it's I suppose- also because... It was like the start of COVID, right? Because and then no one really knew how to test for COVID. Like, what were the yeah. symptoms? They it was just COVID tests just started to become popular. So it's just completely no one knows what to do. No one knows. Yeah, what to say. Was, this, was this March? Like, was this before the rapid antigen tests have come out? Like the yes, this was like during the crisis of getting as much testing kits as possible. Yeah. Mm. that's also why it was like two hundred dollars <laughs> but yeah <laughs> the next day like my mother gives me a call they tell me that um my testing site had informed them that i had covid and they were really scared but i was just i, w- I guess i was scared too but at the same time it was so like unrealistic that i had covid that um my fear was a little bit like numbed in a sense mm-hmm. um and also, like, 30 minutes later, uh, because COVID-19, like, at that time, not a lot of people had it. And also, people were, like, really, really strict about it. Um, <laughs> two people, like, with full uh, protective clothing and, like, this, like, new fear mask, they came in, like, our house. And I could tell they were very scared of me. And they escorted me to the hospital by an ambulance. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, that was, like, very unrealistic for me. Oh, did you get on like an ambulance car on your way? Yeah, yeah, and like it was actually crazy. I know it's it's unbelievable. And then I guess your experience was so much more different than what people are experiencing now because COVID's kind of like the yeah. flu now. Like people, it's quite common. But then yours was one of the first cases, and I remember yeah. when someone got tested for po- like positive for COVID as the first case, it was seen as a massive deal. So that right. would probably have been really stressful for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely stressful. Um, Did you get like your friends texting you asking you like, "Oh, oh my god, god. I heard oh my god"? It was actually crazy. It was like <laughs> that's like the most texts I received in a day. <laughs> I received like. 150 apart from your like, birthday, different people apart from your birthday messages oh probably yeah maybe but, even like, more who knows <laughs> a lot of people texted me and um uh, I, I don't know like i didn't respond to many of them the same day because i i myself was very stressed 
mm-hmm. but yeah a lot of people um texted me um and oh, yeah and do you know what variant you got back then? I have no idea actually maybe yeah I have no idea it was because also this comes after but um during the time that I had COVID my only symptom was that I didn't have um my taste for the duration of the time I had COVID and I didn't have my scent like a long long while after I had COVID as well but any anything else like I didn't even have a fever my my throat was fine oh um, okay so this plays like, really nicely into our next question which was going to mm-hmm. be asking you about um your symptoms when you had COVID so like um can you elaborate a bit more on how you lost your senses but that was like the only thing that you lost yeah so um I remember I remembered after that I uh, discovered that I like lost my sense I remember the scene where I was heading to the airport and um I had uh, a perfume and when I tried to smell it it didn't smell like anything um I don't know if I I don't know why but I didn't see that as a big deal um and I my first like alternative explanation was that the perfume went bad or um because it's been a long time since I didn't have perfume on and um I really didn't think the problem was like my nose because like at that time uh loss of scent wasn't even um like one of the symptoms of COVID-19 so yeah I didn't I didn't think that was my problem even after I came to Korea my mother made me like this kimchi stew which um I could taste but I couldn't smell so again I was like hmm, this is strange like I this is just strange like I didn't oh, even expect that I would have COVID. Oh, throughout your contraction of COVID like was it always consistent that you only had a loss of smell but then you still had your taste um or did basic. you like did you like lose your taste as like the time passed did that happen so um okay oh, actually okay yeah so I lost my scent first I think and then after I got to the hospital room, uh, my taste started slowly disappearing. I could actually taste like salty food or like um, some spicy. sweet food. Spicy, like it was different. It's just kind of, it was like a little numb. Tingly. Uh, yeah, and some of like the deep flavors, uh, I couldn't just taste at all. Um, but yeah, that was just like for about 10 days. So that was fine. Oh, wow. Um, for example, if you were given like soup, did it just taste like water to you or like what was it like? It was it wasn't exactly like water because like I don't know, maybe the visual um representation of like the soup and like my memory of how it tasted like kind of interfered with how I thought it tasted, but it definitely wasn't like water, but it wasn't like soup. There was no like deep flavor. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like very weird it's really hard to explain actually Mm -hmm. so yeah uh my taste was fine um after I got out of of that hospital room but like the real problem was my sense um I like my like olfactory system isn't that sensitive to begin with so I didn't have like a lot of problems like in my daily life but like it was just really strange like for example if I went to the bathroom and I took a shower I couldn't smell like my body wash or shampoo or any of the soap or like anything like food as well I could taste it but I couldn't smell it and this was to me like 
very, very weird. And that's when kind of desperation started kicking in. Um, I basically tried everything I could uh, because I was like really, really scared of, yeah, losing my sense. Um, I would like go to the hospital for like three months to take daily injections of some kind of zinc, zinc something, because supposedly that would help with like um, the nervous system and also like um, my sense basically and there's like this korean traditional hospital that in korean it's tiny one um that like i called like an antiquated superstition for so long i started accepting um that's how like desperate i was like they would Uh, give me like stuff to drink that i didn't even know but it tasted like horrendous the liquid itself looked really musty but i mean and i also had to eat it up but like I don't know if that helps, but anyways, um, I did all that just to smell the world. And um, after four months, things started getting a little better. I could smell like sweetness for some reason. Uh, for example, my hand cream, um, I could smell while I couldn't smell like another, like I couldn't smell, um, I don't know, uh, some other like food, uh, food, I don't know, flavor, flavorful food. Were you like, uh, were you like really relieved or happy or like surprised when you like put on your hand cream and you're like, oh, oh, I could smell this now? Like, I actually <laughs> was. I was very happy. Like, I was really thrilled. Uh, to be honest, um, this might be a little bit like uh, disgusting and weird, but like a joke I have with my friend was that the first scent I actually smelled like properly was. <laughs> This might be, be a little disgusting, but me and my friend were having dinner and he burped like really, really like loudly. <laughs> and for some strange reason, I could smell that. And I was like, yo, why, Whoa, why can't I smell I your can smell this. And like he, for some reason, is saying like, I deserve credit for um, a lot of your scent because I think my burp was the reason that somehow like pierced the sense of scent and all that, which I don't believe. But anyways... Uh, when I could start smelling things like my hand cream, it was, I was like really, really relieved because now I could smell something like smelling even the tiniest things and my sense of smell being totally gone is like completely different. So um, I was like really, really relieved. Uh, and now I would say like my scent is 80 to 85% back. I can smell everything that other people can smell like most of the times. But at the same time, there are like weak smells. Um, I can't, sometimes I can't discern. And it's like not too bad actually, because through the process, especially when my scent was like a little weaker, uh, when I would play soccer and like, you know, um, our school's in Long Island and when you, play, when you would like play team from Staten Island, which is like a long way, um, on the way back, everybody was sweating and everybody had like <laughs> disgusting feet. And everybody was like suffering, but I was fine. Like, you know, I couldn't <laughs> smell anything. And sometimes I would have the privilege of like not smelling, I don't know, somebody's fart. And yeah. that was just amusing to me. Yeah. So but overall, think, it was a sense of experience. Yeah. So do yeah. you think that kind of experience of not just losing your sense of smell, but just like having to quarantine when it was a really big deal back then? And like not having all the available resources and information, like do you think that took a toll on your mental health? 
I would actually say so. The amount of anxiety that I experienced at that particular period was like overwhelming. It was far, far like anxiety. The anxiety level was far, far higher than any other period that like I've lived under my life. Maybe because I live pretty carefree. But yeah, that was like that was that was kind of crazy. Um, but to be totally honest with you, the two weeks I was in the room, it wasn't too bad. Like food, it was to be honest, brilliant. Even though I couldn't <laughs> taste a lot of it, because like apparently our hospital was sponsored by this like food company and cleanliness. They cleaned our room daily. Wi-Fi, typical periods. It was really quick. <laughs> no stress. Like I recall my teacher actually um, telling me, <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't tired, but she said. I looked tired after I told her that I had um, COVID-19. So like I could log off if I needed some rest. And money was coming from everywhere because all my relatives were like, you got COVID. Well, um, stay, like, like, stay strong, uh, send money, send money. So like I was, I was pretty rich, to be honest. But, like, <laughs> but it was just those two weeks. And after that realization that I couldn't smell, I would have these like constant reflections on bed when I'm just about to sleep that I couldn't smell like like the smelling factor of my life was just going to be erased and yeah I couldn't I just basically couldn't smell the world anymore um and that was pretty depressing yeah. if you would ask me um I think I think a lot of people like underestimate the loss of sense and how big of an impact it has because they don't I feel like people don't realize how much you smell and how much you rely on smell for example like waking up in the morning and smelling like breakfast downstairs or taking a shower or just spraying perfume and then just having that completely gone something like you've grown up with like 16 years just completely erased yeah it's quite yeah. frightening definitely was um and also another thing I didn't struggle as much as I like thought I would was that in the beginning of COVID, because so little people got COVID, um, there was this sense of like stigmatization where like people kind of, you know, stigmatized. Like if you got COVID, you were this careless person that didn't wear masks anywhere. And um, in general, uh, because I was also in the, not, I was kind of in the news as well, because there was like, it was that like period where there was not a lot of COVID cases. So I was also in the news and um, a lot of people were like, why come to Korea? Like you could have stayed in America and stuff like that. Wow. And because these were people I didn't know, it didn't really have a mental like toll on me as much as I think it would. But at the same time, it was an uncomfortable information that like I wasn't like um, comfortable sharing with people that I barely knew that I had COVID like four months ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, something. Yeah. Okay, I feel like at the start, if we're talking about mental health during COVID now, like transitioning, both the very start of COVID and even now, still, I feel we still have so many prevalent mental health issues that we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. At the start, it was really frightening to have COVID, especially since if you were an initial person that had it. But even now, the effects that we've had for COVID, like so many people have um, 
got social anxiety now because they've been so isolated for a large period of time that they don't know how to interact with people and obviously if you have social anxiety it's hard for you to make friends or maintain friendships and that can lead to other mental health issues so it's just weird to see how mental health has always stayed stagnant throughout COVID like it's always been prevalent and despite the way COVID has changed from being something that's normal now it still remains a common factor within a lot of people. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so Daniel, do you have like any advice or what do you think other people can do to feel better and do better when they actually get COVID? Like us, because both myself and Iman have not gotten COVID yeah. yet. Touch <laughs> So um, I'm really in no position to actually uh, give you guys medical advice um, because like I myself didn't have like all the symptoms and stuff. So I can't really um, tell you how much it like physically hurts to have COVID. But at the same time, um, the main factor that I think like I could, uh, you know, uh, go over all this relatively unscathed was because I had this sense of optimism that like so for example just like I kind of said earlier um whenever like I was reminded by the fact that I didn't have sense um I kind of reminded myself that you know at least you don't have to smell the sweaty uh in like the bus or like um you weren't somebody who really you know smelled things anyways like I know it's your life is gonna be relatively colorless if you would um say that but at the same time this like driving force of optimism i think at the end kind of prevailed and Mm -hmm. i think this was like the main reason why um i didn't suffer from like severe mental health though i had like a lot of anxiety and a lot of like uh, a little bit of depression time to time i think um optimism was definitely one and basically hope that one day like um i could get something I yearned for so much was something that actually helped me to um, get my son back. Like all those, like all that I strive for, um, you know, going to uh, the hospital and getting that zinc injection and going to the traditional Korean hospital that I thought was like outdated. Um, all these things like was stemmed from like a sense of hope and optimism. So I think like a combination of these two will help anybody, like I wouldn't say anybody, but will help a lot of people who suffer from COVID to, you know, win at least like in the mental health area. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Like looking at the silver linings of things, like not just when you have COVID, but just like for anything, if anything bad happens, I do hear a lot from like a lot of people when they're advising me or other people, they always say like you should look at the silver linings because you're always there and even if you're someone that doesn't have covid looking at the positive because i know so many people's lives have been affected like work has been moved online school has been moved online you can't go out as much just looking at the positive that slowly we might not see it now but covid is slowly getting better the cases are slightly decreasing and like rules and regulations have been um kind of eased down just that kind of hope and positivity that at the end of the day hopefully this will all go away soon 
Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, okay, so I think that wraps up our first episode on peace of mind. Do you guys have any ending remarks? Just want to say thank you for being a wonderful interviewee. I mean, thank you for having me. I was delighted that I could share my experience and give help to anybody that needed it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I want to thank anybody who's listening to our podcast right now. Um, to, I mean, like, thank you for listening and to take away any good things from today's episode. And see you on our next episode. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh my god. Oh, well, guys. Oh.